Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Riccia, and this is episode number 329 of the podcast. It's the 6th of July, 2022, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a new episode for you, a wonderful conversation with Jennifer McGrail, longtime unschooling mom of four. I last spoke with Jennifer on the podcast in episode 18, and her kids have grown a lot since then. <laughs> Jennifer shares a family update, and we dive deep into how parenting and unschooling change as teenagers transition into young adults. Our roles and interactions change, but the connection is still strong thanks to the relationships that we focused on developing during our unschooling journeys. It's always amazing to see how different each unschooler's path can be and how perfectly it suits them as an individual. It was so great to have a chance to talk more about this phase of our children's lives and to catch up with Jennifer. Before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon, and a warm welcome to new patrons, Kate Leach and Christy Wells. Hi, Kate. Hi, Christy. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Some of you have been with me for months and even years. Your generous support is instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now here's my conversation with Jennifer. Welcome, I'm Pamela Riccia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Jennifer McGrail. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. <laughs> so Jennifer was on the podcast back in 2016 in episode number 18. So I am really looking forward to catching up. I will uh, put a link in the show notes so that listeners can go back and listen to our initial conversation and hear more about your move to unschooling. But to get us started now, can you just share with us a bit about you and your family? And I'd love to know what everybody's interested in right now. Sure. So we have four kids. Um, three are grown now, technically, and one teenager. And um, I've been in school. I went back to college. I graduated in 2020 and uh, with a bachelor's. And I just went back for a second bachelor's this semester. Um, so our oldest is 25. He has a disability, so he's home with us. And um, his big thing is working on engines. He buys uh, broken lawnmowers and weed whackers and fixes them up and sells them. That's his big project. He's also on the computer a lot and knows way more about computers than I do. Um, next is our 21-year-old who recently got married, which we'll talk about <laughs> later. That was a big <laughs> transition. Um, and he, they're all, him and his wife are all about fitness. They go rock climbing at a rock gym and mountain biking. And so they stay real active. 18 year old is just started college and he plays the piano. 
And then my 14 year old and only daughter is she's always been about performing, acting and singing. And she's taking voice lessons now, just did her first recital. And she also recently started working. She works at an escape room and she plays a kidnapped victim. (laughs) So that's really fun for her. She gets to use her acting skills and she really is enjoying that a lot. So that's kind of a quick overview of what we're doing. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, So what are you studying? I'm curious. So I, my first um, degree was in psychology and what I'm studying right now is health fitnesses, health science which is uh, fitness and nutrition. Oh, so I kind of did the health of the mind. Now I'm doing the health of the body. Exactly. Oh, that is really interesting. I love how those, like, they seem separate, yet they weave together. I love the way right. you, exactly. No, that's great. Now, as I mentioned, uh, we last spoke on the podcast back in 2016. So I'd be curious to know what has unschooling looked like for you and your family over these last few years? Well, it's been a big period of growth for all of us going from kids to teens and teens to young adults. There's a lot happening in those years. I know, right? (laughs) The dynamic, that dynamic changes a lot between me as a parent and them as a child, their needs change so much. And we moved in the middle of that um, sort of in the same area, but to a new city. So that meant new everything, new dentists and new doctors and new, new classes and everything we did was new. So that was an adjustment. And then of course we had COVID in the middle of it, which was also an adjustment that was hard on my uh, 14 year old because she's the extrovert. So she had trouble with the, all it, we had to change our days changed. She didn't have her lessons and classes anymore because all that was canceled. So we had a lot more time at home and we had to keep really busy. Because she was she was missing that outside the house. Yeah, that is that was a huge one on on well everybody. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Like learning all new ways to try to connect with people, to maybe new ways to explore our interests. You know, if we really enjoy going out and and learning in groups, etc. To be able to you know navigate new ways to. Um, continue our our exposure, our just our appreciation and our pursuit of of those interests. That's it. It really challenges us to bring our creativity to it, doesn't it? Definitely. And thank goodness for the internet and being able to stay connected through all those means. And she was able to stay connected to her friends and stay connected to different things she was interested in. But it was it definitely was an adjustment for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought maybe we could dive into a little bit, because as you mentioned there, uh, how we support and engage with our kids absolutely changes through the different seasons of their lives, right? Through uh, the teen years and into the young adult years. Um, For me, I found that a lot of it shifted from like when they were younger, it was uh, more about really supporting and helping them as they pursued their interests, the things that they were wanting to do, the things they were wanting to engage in and, you know, bringing that into their world. And then as they got into the teen years, often they were, well, transportation, yes, (laughs) still helped for that. But also a lot of it became more um, conversations that were more 
you know, and how we are in the world and who we are as people and, you know, how the kinds of environments that work well for us, uh, relate, navigating relationships, friendships, you know, all those kind of pieces. So I felt that it wasn't that I was, that it was less time or that I was less engaged, but the engagement with my kids was definitely different. It was less about um, things and finding things and and much more about helping them um, as they were navigating more of the relationships, more of the the travel, like all those pieces. Was that your experience? Definitely. And I think when they're little kids, there's so much more hands-on parenting. Like you're, you're making them their snacks and you're yes. putting them in the bath and you're doing all those things. All of a sudden, they don't need that stuff anymore. They need someone to talk to and bounce things off of. And so much of our lives are parallel now. I'm going to school and they're working on their things. And then we come together and talk about our various things. I uh, Once a week, I drive my 18-year-old to school. And I love the drive back because we always talk about, well, we talk about everything. We talk about politics. We talk about what he learned in school that day. We talk about relationships. We talk about it's definitely a new way of communicating with them about what's going on in their life. Instead of being involved in every aspect of their life, they are living it and then they're bringing you in. Oh, I love that. I love that. And it is so much the, the coming together times. I love the way you describe that, you know, that we're all doing our things. And then there's also the, these connection moments where we are sharing what we're doing, but also that's when often we dig into those pieces like, oh, you know, this didn't quite go as I expected, or I'm thinking about this, or, you know, had a bit of a falling out with this. And it it, it is so, so different when that's the piece. And I love that when we're at that parallel piece. And for me, the biggest piece was remembering that to um to remember to create that kind of safe open space and environment for those to happen because if i got too fixated on the things i was doing if i you know gave myself a big to-do list and just kind of started powering down it because i'm not literally having to make sandwiches or run baths or things like that um i could find myself getting kind of stuck in my head and rolling off the things but when, as soon as I remembered the value, not just to them, but also to me of those moments to weave together with them, right? To connect with them, to give that open space that doesn't particularly have a timetable so that conversation just can kind of unfold and give space for those things that we're thinking about to bubble up. Right? Yeah. yeah. One thing I've noticed is that when the kids were little, I tried to say yes as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I've used that same philosophy as they're older when they want to, you know, will you watch this movie with me or will you take me here? Or can we talk about this? I always try to say yes, unless I physically can't because it's so important to keep up that connection, especially as they're teens and have so many things going on. Um, saying yes a lot helps a lot. Keep that connection there. Yeah. And also, no, not to spoil going into the next one, but that has served me not only as they were teens, but also as young adults and adults, right? Because these are relationships that I want to stay connected, that I want to keep strong. And when, when I don't, um, you know, respond 
as openly to their bids for connection, to their asking, like, do you want to do this? Do you want to, do you want to go for a walk? You know, all those little pieces that may seem almost inconsequential in the moment, but in the bigger picture of connection and relationship, those moments are so valuable, aren't they? Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So yes, let's transition into unschoolers moving into adulthood. Uh, That was something that we really wanted to talk about because there are so many possibilities, aren't there? Maybe they're going to college. Maybe they're moving out. Maybe they're working full time. Maybe none of these things like the possibilities are endless. So I would love to hear uh, about your experience and your perspective on this time as you're moving through it. Yeah, so I think that unschooling gave us a good foundation for being, um, I don't know, accepting, supportive when they wanted to move on because they had that good, they were confident and they felt that they were ready and they would have our support. Um, Our now 21 year old when he was 20. So this was in 2020 when the whole world had sort of stood still, he was having this huge explosion of, um, coming into his own. He got his driver's license. This was all in one year. He got his driver's license. Then a couple months later, he got a job, full-time job. Then he said, you know, I've been thinking of moving out. I have some friends who want to rent a place together. And we said, okay. And then he moved out. A couple months later, he was engaged. <laughs> and then um, it was just someone he had known, and a fellow unschooler who had known, he had known for years, and they had been friends for years. And then they decided, hey, I think we actually love each other. <laughs> so um, he got engaged, and then he got married, and he did all that in the span of a year. So <laughs> yes. that was his big, yeah, his, he had a very big um, trip into adulthood all at once. He's very, very happy. So it's been really cool to see. Um, That's amazing. It it is so fascinating to, and to see the difference, like that one way isn't better than another, but you can see how that way works so well for them as the person they are, as the individual they are, right? Like you saw that explosion of all these things, this growth over that year, but he's so happy. You can see how each of those mesh so well with who he is, right? Right. And he didn't really have an interest in going to college right now, but he knows it's always something mm-hmm. that he could, he saw me do it in my 40s. So mm-hmm. he knows if he ever wanted to do it, he could do it. Right now he's managing a retail store and he's happy. He likes it. And so he's we're like, that's great. You can do that. You can choose to do something else sometime later. You can do that forever, whatever you want to do. He knows that he's has all the possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so fascinating. I mean, my kids have taken very different paths too. Like uh, my eldest lives with us and that's awesome. It's never been a, you know, you need to move out to prove you're an adult or anything like that. It's like what works well for them as their personalities and the things that they're Mm -hmm. pursuing and the environment where they're comfortable. And my dad lives with us too. Like we are a multi-generational home (laughs) and, but that takes some work for us. Like the things that bubble up for us as in schoolers over the years, um, you know, to move through those conventional messages that, oh, you know, you need to move out to prove that you can, 
you can do it, or you're not really an adult until you do all these things. So it's really interesting to move through those messages to really get to a place where we can celebrate each of the individuals. Like my, my daughter, she's, she just turned 28 last month. She, uh, basically moved out when she was 18 and moved to another country. Like, so she she has been on her own for a long time. Um, But that worked so well for who she was. Like at 18, she was like, you know, she was a, she's and is a photographer. And um, she's like, you know, I really want, she found her tribe online, you know, for years been connecting. She's like, you know what? I really want to try and connect in person um, and so, you know, we live outside of Toronto and Canada and she's like, you know what, I want to go check out New York city. So, you know, we found a place for her to stay for a couple of months to just go and see what it was like. She, you know, had connections from online. So she was, um, made plans to connect with them in person. And it was just an opportunity for her to, Versus, you know, kind of vacation visiting to actually experience what it was like and what it was like in the city and to see what the, you know, it is a vibrant community there (laughs) and to just start checking it out, which she did and just fell in love with it and ended up staying, like finding herself apartments and staying there for the six months that she could, coming home for a month to get her visa to apply for and get her visa and then go back and she has, she lived there for years. She just moved to LA last, the end of last year. You know, she has been working and pursuing her interest, her passion for photography for years on, on her own. And that meshed so well with who she is. And my, my youngest, he, it's just so fascinating to see their journeys. He was interested in stunt stuff and ended up working in Toronto full-time for Medieval Times for a couple of years and started working in film. And but he was living at home and also, you know, staying at various places that were close to where he was working at the time. And then, and then you know, met someone and now he's moved to another province at the end of last year. And that works really well for him. He was actually visiting last week because a gig had come up nearby here, you know, just to, but every one of those choices felt so real and um, made so much sense for him, right. As they are, you know, feelers out, you know, when, when they're out more and then they're home more, you know, it's all the different seasons of their life. And, and it's not, I found it pretty easy, like conventionally to judge what they're doing, you know, with that eye of success and career and, you know, college, none of my kids have yet chosen call to go to college. They all know it's a possibility. I remember Lissy looked at some of the photography programs. She's like, you know what? I've kind of picked up everything that they've mentioned just on my own in my teen years. So I think, you know, for now, I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, Michael's looked at a few. He's maybe interested, you know, so it's, It's just so interesting to support them. And it really, 
But what I was meaning to say was I found it reasonably easy to move through all those conventional expectations of young adults and adults just because we had been unschooling for enough years that I was, you know, very connected with them and understood them and could see that that the choices that they were making made so much sense for them in the moment that they were. And I could celebrate those without worrying about what it looks like to other people. Because at that point, I, I have was comfortable enough with unschooling, had moved through the need to worry about what other people thought about us and what we were doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I see, you know, Paxton at 21 has made such different choices than Everett, who's 17 and wants to do the real traditional. Oh, he he just turned 18. He wants to do the real traditional college route, Mm -hmm. which is wonderful. And they're both wonderful choices. And um, he started going to college at 17. He's like, I want to try a college class. And we said, okay. So he tried a college class at the community college and he found he really likes it. He likes the class experience and learning and taking the tests. And so then he took two more this semester and then he's like, I think I'm going to declare a major and go full time. We said, awesome. (laughs) So he's, um, he's taking biological sciences starting in the fall. He wants to go into medical research. So um, yeah, he's really excited. He has a 4.0 average. He's just all gung ho about it. And it's really neat to see him so excited about it. Yeah. And he he comes, he's taking an anthropology class right now. And he comes home all excited about the different things he learned about. And it's really neat to see because having been an unschooler, he'd never taken a formal class. He had never taken a test. He had never done any of that. So there's always that, you know, what's college going to be like for him without having been exposed, but he's doing great. He loves it. I, I've asked him a couple of times, do you feel like you're you know, behind or like you don't really fit in in the classroom. He said, no, he said he, he fits right in. He he's doing he's doing well. He's understanding everything. He's so unschooling has prepared him well for what he wants to do. Yeah. Just like it's prepared the 21 year old well for what he wants to do. Right. Because with unschooling, they are who they are. You're helping right. them learn things that are interesting to them, helping them, um, you know, understand themselves better because that's who is doing all these things so they they are drawn to these things because of who they are right it so instead of it being an expectation that comes on the outside it's a choice that has bubbled up that is making so much sense for them so I love that and and I love just even thinking about the concept of behind right like when they choose to go to college or, you know, whatever more formal situation they have, just because they haven't like spent their life in a classroom to that point, they have been doing so many other things and they're going to be navigating towards something that is inspiring to them, right? Because this is an intrinsic choice that they want to make. So yeah, if they're picking up extra things or learning how to take a test or learning how to write a paper, like all the little pieces of life and skills that they've picked up along the way because they wanted to accomplish something, it's the same process, just in a different area, right? It's like, oh, gee, how, how do I write a paper? Boom, boom, boom. Oh, it's got these components. Oh, you know, this is how you write a footnote. This is how you reference something, you know, and they just pick it up. It would almost not seem like learning to them. That's just the 
the incidental skill development to accomplish the thing that they're wanting to accomplish, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. And it's funny because you mentioned a paper. He had to write his first paper for his first class. And um, he was a little nervous. He had me read it. And I'm like, this is really good. You, you <laughs> write well. You're, I mean, everything's grammatically correct. And his teacher ended up saying it was the best paper in the class. And I was like, go on schooling. <laughs> so he knew what he didn't know. He was able to, you know, Google as far as the technical, you know, footnotes and stuff. And um, he's able to write a paper just fine. And he had never written a paper before. Right. So it shows that they they know what they need to know and they can learn if they don't know how to do something. They know how to learn it. They're not afraid of it. Yeah. So, and then my a- daughter, um, I suspect she's going to take a different path than both of them, too. She's always wanted to go into performing, doing plays and singing. And that was never even when she was three years old, she used to say, when I'm famous one day. <laughs> <laughs> So I think she's going to go that route, whether or not it's going to classes or just doing going auditions or however she wants to do it. But that's the path she seems. And if she changes her mind, that's fine, too. But right now, that seems what she's wanting to do. Yeah, I find those are so much of the big pieces that you mentioned right there. The um, experience with how to learn things. Right. They aren't. They haven't absorbed the message that teacher-student is the only, you know, in a formal relationship is really the only or the best way to learn something, right? They have so many skills on, oh, how do I find this out? How do I figure this out? How do I, you know, vet vet resources, you know, that kind of stuff. They have so much experience with that already that learning something is, is just like something they do. There's not, there's a best way or only way to do it. And I need to, you know, wait for that class to show up in the schedule before I even start, you know, cause I don't want to muddy my brain or whatever. I heard so many different excuses or reasons behind that. But um, so that piece of, of picking things up and then the piece about the freedom to change their mind, you know, to tweak their path, that it's not a failure. It's like, oh, I've learned a little bit more. This isn't quite a good match for me anymore. I've learned lots this way. And now I want to, you know, take a little bit of a left turn here and do something new. Like that is another so valuable piece of understanding of how we move through the world that, you know, I said I was going to do this and I must commit till I get to that point. And if I don't make it, I'm a failure. And that's a bad thing. You know, you see so many people sticking to paths that they have now learned enough along the way to realize they don't particularly want to go to that end point, but they feel so mm-hmm. obligated, right? They feel that pressure of, of being exposed as a failure for changing their mind. Oh, you know, I must have made a bad decision in the path in the past when I chose this and I don't want to, you know, be dissed for having made that choice in the first place. So I'm going to get there first. There's just those two pieces of, of just being open to learning in whatever way works for them, the things that they're interested in knowing right now, or that are important for them, skills that they want to pick up along the way and the understanding that the path can change. And that's not failure. That's like, I learned more. Now I know 
um, that I want to go in this direction. I think another thing that I've noticed with my 18 year old is he's really good at self-advocating for what he wants to learn. He's not afraid of like one example is he's not afraid of his professor as a, he's on this level and I'm on this level. If he has a question, he'll just email his professor and get clarification where I'm kind of, I'm afraid of my professors because they're these big knowledgeable people. And I'm just a student. So I'll like muddle through if I don't understand something. And he is, he's not afraid to advocate for himself. He's not afraid to ask questions. He's not afraid to do extra research. He's much more open than I was as a student. I was more fearful. And he is just, he wants to learn something. He just learns it. He doesn't, he does, it doesn't scare him if it's hard. He's, he's so much more open to learning because that's been his whole life. He just learns what he wants to learn, how he wants to learn it. So that's been a big difference I've noticed for him. Yeah. And he's choosing to be there right now to learn the stuff. Like he's there for the learning, not for the tick box. Right. When I also went to university, I mean, I was, I wanted, wanted the degree. I wanted the course. I was not just as you mentioned, not comfortable approaching professors or anything. Like, I know I almost like giggle at it. No, no, I will, I'll figure it out. I will, you know, go through the textbook and do the exercises and read, um, you know, and practice things until I figured it out. Like the idea of going and asking a question and maybe being, it's because for me anyway, it was, I didn't want to be seen as, stupid or as not knowing something that they covered in class. And why did I not understand it? Why did I not pick it up? I wasn't comfortable putting myself in that position where I thought I could be judged in that way. Right. So I would put so much more energy um, into just figuring it out all on, on my own. Right. And I love hearing how comfortable he is. And I've heard that story about unschoolers choosing to go to college often that because they're there and because they're really wanting to learn these things and they haven't internalized that, you know, professor on a pedestal, he, they almost, you know, see, they see them as this resource that has so much of this information that they are excited to gain. And I can see how for professors, how fun it is not to have like, you know, all these nameless students in your class who just kind of show up, take their little notes and run away (laughs) to have someone who's engaged and interested and, you know, excited to have conversations with you. Like, it seems like a world of difference, doesn't it? It definitely does. Yeah. That's so cool. (laughs) Um, So, going to college, moving out, full-time work. We have touched on quite a bit. Are there any other pieces about this transition to adulthood that you would like to share? Um, What I think is interesting is how the relationship is changing from more of a, not one of a peer, but more of an adult-to-adult relationship. Like with my son who's moved out, you know, we don't see him unless we text him and say, Hey, you want to come over Sunday? Do you want to do this together? Do you want to do that? He's not there for the, you know, dinner at night. And we have to make the effort to keep connected. And that's been an adjustment. And we see them, we see them pretty often. We've never, you know, asked to see them. And they were like, yeah, no, we don't really want to, or, <laughs> you know, we, we see them pretty often. 
um, which is nice, but it's on a different level because now we talk about, you know, how, how's work going and it's different than the day-to-day eating meals together and, um, you know, doing the day-to-day stuff together. We have to catch up on the, he has his whole life now. It doesn't involve us. So we have to stay connected with that. And, um, wait, you know, he has a whole life and (laughs) it's just a, it's just a new way to connect. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, that is such a good point. And that is something I'm still navigating. So, you know, it's been many, it's been years now. So I feel like that is just something that we will continue to navigate, especially since as my kids moved out, they went one moved to another country and one moved to another province. So I can't like invite them over for dinner (laughs) at any particular time. Um, But yeah, figuring out ways to connect. and and even the frequency of of connection too, right? Like mm-hmm. so, whether it's texting, um, we picked up Marco Polo in the the last few months, which is just almost like video texting, basically. Um, <clears throat> and that's been working working really well in some cases, and there and it's different situations too, right? Like what kind of communication. Uh, works best in this particular situation, you know, from phone calls to video messages, to text messages, to emails. And also it's it's funny because in the network community that I run this month, it's the, our theme is the richness of communication because there are so many more aspects beyond conversation to connection I mean, like to communication, right? So, so there is the strength of your connection. There's the things you choose to say and share, the things you you choose not to um, share, like all those pieces. There is so much that comes up in communication, and it's just so fascinating to navigate this new kind of phase of our lives together. Yeah, so it's not like oh, you know, we're all like watching a show around the house and we connect over what we've seen. No, it's like, what are you watching? It's sharing recommendations. It's like, Oh, I watched this. I think you'll like it. You know, that, that kind of stuff. It's, it is, it is so fascinating to like then from sharing recipes and did you make this? And then they're sharing recipes too there and, or they're decorating and they're sharing the things that they've done. And, you know, we're doing work around here and we're sharing what we've done. It is so fascinating to, to just navigate and find ways of communication because it works. It's different for each child too, right? The way we connect, the things that we connect through, um, the, just even the technology that we use and don't use that works for them as an individual that has that depth of kind of meaning and connection for them is different. So it's like navigating it in so many different ways that it's, it's fascinating to see. It can seem like a subtle shift, but it's a fundamental shift, isn't it? As they are living their lives in the world. Definitely. And with Paxton, it all happened so fast. (laughs) Moving out and getting married, it was like, we had to kind of take a minute and say, okay, this is what life's now like now. We need to learn to adjust to this new way because it just happened so fast that um, we did. And there was an adjustment period. Every 
in a little bit of a mourning period, I noticed too, like, wow, he's out now and he's married and he's, we, we have a totally different um, role in his life now. And it happened so quickly. So it was a, it was definitely an adjustment period and figuring it out. Yeah. Figuring out that role now too, because yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was pretty quick too with Michael where he was visiting last summer and he had met up with her and he had known her for years. And so they had been, they had stayed in touch, et cetera, but you know, he had visited her for a few weeks. Um, and then, then he came home and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm moving there. And, and so it's that, that transition, then, then you're setting that all up and figuring those, those, the pieces out the actual, like, you know, the physical pieces, the process, but then, you know, kind of once they're there, then it's figuring out all the other pieces, right? It's the, the, oh, how are we going to connect? And then noticing the pieces that kind of feel like they're missing over time, you know, oh yeah, maybe we want to talk on the phone more often because that leaves more of that open space we were talking about before for things to bubble up, right? right? Versus text, you know, it's like when you have a moment, it's like, is this important enough? So it's it's also that whole system. You know what? It's not only important things that we share that that seem important, right? Like all the little the little tidbits of life too add to that richness of the connection that we are maintaining with them. And you know, and it's both. Sometimes they'll say, "Oh, you know, I miss you. I want to talk more often." Or may, and then sometimes it's like, "Oh." I feel like I haven't talked to you in ages, you know, what's up? It's, it is so interesting to navigate, isn't it? Because it also changes over time, like how our lives go through like seasons of busyness as well. And we have less time and then seasons where we have more time and we want to reach out more. And then you're meshing two like lives together as well that are in different places. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) that's why I was excited to talk to you when you said you wanted to talk about this transition because it's not something uh, I dived into deeply here on the podcast before but it is fascinating and fun and also you know takes attention and care and compassion to navigate through because we want to maintain these relationships and they do too like like you were saying they don't like saying no, or often saying, you know, maybe they have plans or whatever, but it's not like they're like, okay, I've moved out. We're, we're kind of done. I'm off. I'm living (laughs) my life now. Right. That is one of the the kinds of relationships that we've cultivated with our unschooling lifestyle, our connections with each other that we both or all want to continue with no matter where we happen to be living. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's important to talk about because one of the fears that people seem to have with unschooling is what's going to happen when they become an adult. How does that work? Are they going to, can they go to college? Can they get a job? Are they going to be sufficient enough to move out? And it's been smooth and it's been wonderful. And it's just another extension of how, how well unschooling does work. Yes. Yes. And how, how close the bonds are and how, um, I've loved watching it happen. I know it's so fun, isn't it? It's, it's it so really fun. is. And and also, it's so interesting those those questions that that people have and are curious about. You also realize that, like we were talking about earlier, kind of over time, as we 
get to know our kids so well, and we have this trusting, connected relationship with them, that those questions kind of dissipate, disappear, like, will they be, like, because you know them, you know, if they choose to be on their own, like, and you're connected, like, they can phone and ask for a recipe, you know, and they can clean their apartment or their you know, I didn't have to train them with chores for 10 years so that when they got to their own place, they could clean a toilet or something like that. Yeah. Like these are not like we were talking about earlier. They just learn the things as they come up too, right? They, there's no need to have this checklist and work them right. in preparation of maybe someday, right? And then, then also the piece of, of being, you know, will they be able to move out and live on their own? Like even questioning that narrative, like how are, why is it important as like individuals? Is that the only way to show our worth or our value to society or to prove our value as a person? You know, there are so many questions that the bigger philosophical questions that are wrapped up in those questions that people have as they first come to unschooling, wanting to know the outcome, right? Because once you get to know your kids and you're connected at that level, um, things unfold, whether they speed up or, or, or they're slow over time, or they're completely different than what we first envisioned, they make so much sense for them in that moment, right? Even if we have to catch up and even if we have to grieve a little bit, it's like, whoa, this is going so <laughs> And it's so cool. And like you said, you know, they, they know what they need to do. I never forced my kids to do chores or do whatever, but he's living on his own and he's cooking and they're always coming and telling us about these new recipes that they tried. And, you know, they're doing their they're doing their laundry and they're doing everything they need to do. And they just, they know how to do that. And they're not afraid to learn the things they don't know how to do. And I think that unschooling has given them the best. And even, and with college, you know, people, that's something you hear all the time. People are like, well, how would they get into college? And we never had a question about it. He said he wanted to go to college. We're like, okay, well, I mean, we'll figure out what you have to do and we'll do it. And he did. He's doing the program he's doing is two years at community college and then two years to finish his bachelor's at university. And we researched the programs and decided the best way to do it, made him up a transcript and you just do it and you figure it out. It's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, and what I find so interesting too, because Michael had recently um, looked at some programs, um, computer systems analysts, that kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, I found one that, that looks really interesting. Um, and so he found out about it, uh, applied and is on the wait list and whether or not he even goes, like it'll, he'll just see how it unfolds. He is, he's, um, very much, whereas Lissy has this passion that she has um, dived into and followed for years um, as a photographer, he very much has, he's more of a scanner and has multiple interests and passions that he loves. Um, so from the, the stunt work to music um, and, and, and computers and video games and so many pieces. 
So he so often has, you know, irons in the fire in so many Mm -hmm. different ways. And then each moment it's like, you know, which feels good right now? What am I really feeling I want to pursue right now? So it changes over time. But, you know, that interest in the more formal kind of learning environment, that seed has also been there for a long time. And in that, you know, now that I look back when he was, I don't know, 18 or something like that. Anyway, he was curious and just for fun, wrote the GED here in Ontario. So he had that in his back pocket. So it was easy for him to apply. Like as an older student, it's like, yeah, you got your GED, boom. Yeah. Apply for the, apply for the program. So it's just, you really can't see those things in the moment, but looking back, you can see, yeah, you know, that thread has kind of always been here too. And I can see that that might move forward. And this thread goes in this direction and this one over here, or they have more of a, fa- a passion and then all sorts of other things weave in. Like Lissy was very um, uh, interested in passionate about music, but not in creating. So Michael um, learned guitar on his own. And then eventually after a few years took lessons, took voice lessons, you know, he went through a season of that and had all sorts of uh, computer equipment and boards for mixing music, etc. Well, Lissy wanted to go to shows, So we would, went to shows constantly when she was in her teens, um, just small alternative band shows. And now over the last few handful of years, her photography has meshed with that interest and she mostly works with musicians now as a photographer doing albums and publicity shots and all that kind of stuff so it's when you look back it is so fun to see the different threads of their interests and of their lives and seeing how they are weaving together now but I mean it's impossible to predict moving forward but when it when you can look back and see all those little pieces, it's so fascinating. And that is after years of unschooling experience, I think what also helps us um, be so confident and supportive of our children's choices in the moment. Because even if we don't quite know now, we know that what they're drawn to right now and the choices they're making right now make a lot of sense to them. So when they say, oh, you know what? I'm thinking I want to like go to college or do a college course. It's like, yeah, let's figure that out because you don't second guess their choices at that point. You have enough experience to know that their choices make sense. Even if I don't quite understand them yet, I know that when I'm looking back, this is going to make a lot of sense to them, to me about them, because I I can see them developing over time. So I can like just dive in and support them right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I think one of the things you said made me think about having a whole bunch of different interests and not knowing, you know, one season you might go this way, one season you might go that way. And they know as unschoolers that they have the ability to change their mind and to take a different course and to try a different thing. And that as, as their parents will be like, all in no matter what their choice is and support it and say that that's great. Go do that. Instead of being like, you know, when I went to college straight out of high school, it was like, that was my option. That was it. You graduate high school, you go to college. And I was there because that was the thing to do. And I didn't, I didn't particularly want to be there. I was there because that was the choice. I had one choice. It was to go to college because that's what you do. Yeah. But to our kids, 
they have a world of choices and they can try different things and they can know that if they come to us with their different ideas, we'll be excited for them and support them and be like, okay, what do you need me to do to help you figure this out? Or usually it's with my kids, it's usually more, I've looked into this extensively and (laughs) this is what I need to do. And then then we just get to sit back and say, okay, that's really cool. We'll, We'll support you. Yeah. Anyway, anyone that we can, is there any, any way that I can help? Because yeah, they do get to that point where they are, you know, like back to when we were talking about how they, you know, know, have figured out how to learn for themselves, you know, and they don't, oh, I need to learn this. It's not even, I think that they use that language in their head because it's just so natural. It's like, oh, I want to figure out well, uh, you know, what, what college courses I want to take or, you know, how I can pick up this skill or, you know, they, they just dive into it and figure it out and they share with us what they're doing. And, or if there's something that they think, oh, mom can help me with this, then, you know, you'll have a conversation that it'll, it'll bubble up in those times, right? It's like, oh yeah, mom, what, like, what about this? Can you help me with this? I'm trying to do this. Like having those space. That's why we, we talked about the importance and value of having those um, open times where things can bubble up or, or, you know, when they come to you and say, Hey mom, can we chat? We say yes, as much as we can, right? Like it's off. It, or it's not very often at all that I can't take a few minutes to have a conversation right. with somebody, right? So the value of choosing that, of having that as one of my higher, our highest priorities, because that is the kind of person and parent that I want to be, no matter the age of my child. And that's the really fun thing too, with all these choices, is they haven't grown up feeling like those are age dependent. Like, okay, I'm 18, I need to choose college or not college. No. <laughs> and like you said, you're a shiny example of no, it's not. And it's like on the conventional path of, yes, you go to school and then you graduate high school and you go to college, whatever it is you pick as a program or whatever. The important thing is that you go to college, right? So it's, it is just, that's why it's so fun to see how that each of our kids moves through and how it makes so much sense to them um, because they're making the choices as to what they're interested in and what they want to do now, regardless of their age, right? It has to do with who they are and what they want to do, right? So much more than, hi, I'm 18. I need to go to college, move out, you know, whatever. But those messages are all around them too. So we right. may also be helping them process through that, you know, oh man, everybody says I should have moved out or I should have gone to college. Like those messages are still out there for them to absorb. So that is also bubbles up in our conversations as well, just to, you know, help them uh, support them feeling comfortable in their choices because they know they don't get that judgment at home or from us or from, you know, their siblings or anything like that. Um, But they definitely uh, can absorb those messages out and about in the world, can't they? Yeah, that's why it's so nice for them to have other unschooling friends. My um, 18-year-old, he has a lot of friends who are older than him, like in their 20s, and he can see the different things that they've done and how well they're doing in different areas. And there's no 
there's no judgment from them about what path he does or does not take. So they can see in, in real life what it looks like for an unschooler to try different paths and take different routes. And um, so I think that's really helpful to have, have peers that have gone through it. Yeah, no, that's a great point too. Having lots of examples and just seeing so many people like making their choices in the world without, without the weight and framework of expectations, you know, of feeling, of feeling that um, need to satisfy, or even that need, the energy that it takes to buck against it. <laughs> right. So if it's part of your environment of what people do, um, that does make it make it easier for them to like, yeah, I can just choose what I want to do in, in this moment or, you know, for the next six months or whatever and change my mind. Like, I'm sure they see that, too. There's so many other possibilities than just walking this one particular path. <laughs> yeah. OK, so I would love to know what is your favorite thing about the flow of your unschooling days right now? Um. It feels like we already talked about it, <laughs> but um, I love uh, being the way that the kids are older now and the way we're living sort of parallel. I love being in and out of their life and them sharing what they're doing with me. And rather than me, when they're little and they have an interest and it's me giving them all these different things, it's so much, they're so much more independent now. And they're doing their own things and they're coming to me to share it. And that's really cool to see um, particularly, well, really with all my kids, you know, they do their own reading and they do their own research and they have their own interests. And then I get to be a part of it and I get to watch and they get to, they involve me. And that's really cool um, because I have my own things. I'm going to school, but like I said, I always make time to say yes to them and reconnect with them. And it's really cool to be able to see when you're a kid, you're right there in it. But when they're older, they do things independently. And so then they bring it to you. And then, then I I feel like, wow, I had no idea you knew that, or you had looked into that. And it's, it's a fun, these fun discoveries I get to make about my kids. I'm because now that they're older, you know, we have discussions about politics and deep religion and deep conversations that that I had no idea they were thinking about or reading about and um it's a really really cool shift from when they were little and I was there when they were learning things and now it's so they're so independent about it but they still bring me in which is really cool I know doesn't I find even as my kids are all adults now that my world still feels so much bigger and richer and expansive with them in it. Definitely. Right. Because they are bringing so many interesting things, so many interesting perspectives. And like you said, it's like, Oh yeah, I had no clue you were thinking about that or diving into that. It's like, that's fascinating. Oh, I, I, you know, dove into that like this, uh, you know, at this point or whatever, or I love that like things come up and connections are made still that, you know, haven't been made before with them because we're all continuing to grow and learn more about each other and about ourselves. And yeah, it's so 
it, it is. That's one of the things too, is, you know, it's like, okay, you know, am I done unschooling? Cause you know, they're adults now, but as we talk about so much unschooling becomes a lifestyle. It's a way of right. our lives and it doesn't change even as they're moving out and, and, you know, uh, having their lives or, you know, whatever, it's like, it's not done because it's a way we choose to live and we still get to engage and have that, that richness of, of weaving into each other's lives and bringing more to it. Like I'm sure all of our lives feel richer for having each other in it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's so cool. And it's, it's big things and it's little things like my 21 year old, um, got a tattoo recently and he was all excited about it. He texted us the pictures like, look what I just got. And little moments like that are so cool to have. He didn't have to do that. He could have just gone about his day, but he thought of us and he wanted to share his excitement and little things like that. And big things are what make it so um, enjoyable to have the unschooling life and to have the connection with your kids. Yeah, no, that is so beautiful. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me, Jennifer. It was such an, a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> now, before we go, where can people connect with you online? So um, my website is jennifermcgrell.com. And there I have all my links to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All the things. I will definitely put that link in the show notes and thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, Jennifer. Thank you. You too. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey and be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the living joyfully network online community and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.